hello there. I'm Ellen. I'm the pussycat half of Pea Green Boat. In this podcast, I'll be talking about the real you, the person you've always dreamed of being. And I'll also be talking about all the things that get in the way of you being that person, that stop you being that person, and what we might be able to do to change that. I'll often be chatting with my fellow coach and longtime friend Fiona Dove. Fiona is the other half of Pea Green Boat. And with lots of other fascinating people from all over the world that we've both been fortunate to meet. So join me here for our weekly chats, full of laughter and ideas, ideas that can open doors for you. So grab yourself a coffee, hop on board Pea Green Boat, and we'll have a gentle sail down the river. Hi everybody, hope you all survived the heatwave okay. Thank all the gods for the rain. I just went out and blessed it and blessed myself and got wet the first morning of that rain. I nearly lost several new plants in that heatwave too, which is a real ball. got three fried trees that I'm trying to bring back to life. And my salad garden got completely trashed. I was watering the apple trees like crazy so they wouldn't have bought their fruit because I've got some really nice apple trees and I want. But things are much better again now. And those young plants, they're still touch and go and they need lots of TLC. But I'm hoping that they're going to make it. Well, it's all part of the new world we've made that we'll all need to learn to live in. No, live with not live in anymore. We have to learn to live with the world now. So we need to change our ways and change our thinking and our priorities. And as the old adage says, human beings can be worse than cats at change. So we've got to really up our game on that and change. Not long ago, but before I went under with the COVID, a friend asked me, When most people in the world are getting into the rat race and doing something they don't want to do quite often, how did you choose to do something different and also add value to the lives of others? I was really thrilled at that last phrase, to add value to the lives of others. I hope I do, and it's something that's important to me. But wow, that question's a big one. Why do I do what I do? Where does it all come from? Where does the way I work come from? And why is it so different from so many business models that I see around now? And coaching models too. Well, my ways all began with the way I was brought up, the family that I was brought into. As you know, I was raised as a witch shaman, wise woman, whatever you want to call it. And being raised that way, by a family who've been doing it for centuries, in a village where people have been doing it for centuries, it's very different. And it is all about community. We really lived community then. And I'm finding now that I am living community again. Actually, that's something that sort of comes through COVID, that There are more people who saying, no, no, we want community. We want to do this. Living in community, and it's really good in business, and it's really good in all relationships because community doesn't have to compete. Oh, you're always going to get people who are going to get bolshy every now and again. 
But community sometimes, well, no, often finds ways around that. So we end up working cooperatively, in cooperation, in collaboration. We work together as part of a family and a tribe or a team or whatever you want to call it. And yeah, there are always going to be moments when somebody, you know, has a tizzy fit or takes some, means take some bridge, um, at somebody else and things don't happen right. But working together and working from the principles of the old ways that I was brought up in, there are ways to find ways through that. And they're not, hmm, how am I going to say this? They're not formally, as often things seem to come over as now. They're almost like doing mantrams, or mantra, I should say, because mantram is the singular. Doing a mantra, so you might say something like, help me through this, give me the right words at the right time, at the right place for the situation I'm going into that actually my own brain hasn't got a clue how to fix. That's part of the community that I was brought up in. So there are ways to collaborate, ways to cooperate, and they're fun ways. And working together like that helps everyone There are no winners or losers. We all win. Another thing that happens that I like, and it really does come out of the old ways, but it also comes out very much from the transpersonal psychotherapy that I, I, well, God, I started learning over 30 years ago now, and it's really rooted in my bones. But in the old ways, we were brought up to know that we always live on the threshold. We're always at that liminal moment of being neither here nor there. We're at this moment of in-between. And when you really think about that, and I suggest you do, you find it really is true. Because the last moment you were there, and the next moment you will be there, which is hard. But right now you are only here. This all takes you back to the much better known at the moment, concepts of mindfulness. But I find, I've done a bit of mindfulness work with other people, I find that the old ways I was brought up in are much deeper than that. And we actually call it presence. And you are always present in the now at this threshold. It's exciting. It's fun. I think it's really good. And when you look around, If you look out into nature, when you look out into nature, because I'm sure you do, it's the way the whole of the rest of the natural world lives. It seems like it's just we humans who fell out of sync with that. You know, maybe six to ten thousand years ago when we all started farming and we stopped living with the land and lived on it and tried to change it. But I'm not going there this week. But I will add in, we actually did spend the previous 5 million years, as opposed to the last 6,000, working with nature, working with the natural world, working like the plants and the animals and the insects and the birds and the fishes all do. And we did it pretty well. 
And it was only when somebody got this idea about farming, and I think we took farming in the wrong direction, we could have taken other turnings, that we got into being the sort of humans who we are now, many of whom trash their planet. We were the sort of creatures, species, humans, who could live with, could share with nature, collaborate, cooperate, like the family, like the family I grew up in. And now, and there are a lot of people, hopefully you're one of them, who want to do that and learn how to do that again. And we need to learn, and we need to change, and we need to grow. And my work's very, very much about that. I think it's really important that we learn the old ways of our ancestors and incorporate and integrate them with the new ways that we have learned since. Because back to that threshold again, we're always standing at the place in between the past and the future, at that now place. And we're always growing We don't live in the past, we don't work in the past, we don't think in the past, we think differently, we've grown, and that's good. Nature wants that, and we want that. But let's be discriminating, and let's not throw out the old, let's incorporate the old into the new. We'll probably find we've got something a lot bigger and a lot better and a lot easier to live in. For instance, the old ways I was brought up in don't have a hierarchy. You know, there's no ladder to climb. We don't have to, we don't have ego needs for kudos and glory and acclaim and prestige. We don't have a need to have a standing in the community and a status and a position and a ranking and a grade. And to me, all that Hollywood shit. (laughs) But there we go. But We always, and people always do have people who are good at things. And everyone is good at something. And that something is good for all the rest of us too. But let's take a real old stereotype here. Being a super hunter or an amazing craftsperson and great at teaching the kids or at cooking or finding answers to problems, none of those things is better or higher up any scale or social ladder than any of the others. It's just as important to be able to cook, to be able to forage, to be able to get food into the family, to be able to teach the kids, to be able to find answers to problems. All of those things are equally necessary. You won't need them all at the same time, but... You don't really need somebody who's dishing out billions of super meals when you've got this real problem with what are we going to do with this flood? So at that moment, the person solving problems is a hell of a lot more use than the guy who's really sort of dishing out fabulous meals. The meals will come later when you fix the problem. Further on with that, in the old ways, we don't have things like kings and presidents and politicians. Everyone has a voice, and we all did, and the old ones in the village, and quite a lot of the newcomers sort of joined in with that too. And everybody wants to hear what everybody else has got to say, 
you may say, you know, in your head, oh, it's old Freddie's going to go on for 10, 10 minutes now and we're all going to be bored. But keep listening because likely in the middle of all that mush, Fred will have something useful to say. And we quite often found that. And we all have an equal say. You know, the doctor and the parson and the lord of the manor and that. They don't have more say than me or Mrs. Bloggs in the post office or whoever in the, in the village. We're back to this equal jobs and every job being as good as and as useful as the next one. So nobody's opinion is less or more important than anyone else. Nobody's more important because they're older. If a kid says something great, listen. You know, everybody has something to say. All of that is really important to me in my work. I find when people come to me, and they usually come to me with the I don't know, can you help me? I'm really stuck. I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to get out of where I am and I'm really unhappy here. All variations on that. And often their unhappiness and their stuckness comes through some kind of feeling of they've been either put down or pushed up in ways that they don't want to be. They're doing, to go back to my friend, they're doing what they don't want to do. They don't love what they do. They don't love the situation they're in, but they don't know how to get out of it. And simple little things, tiny little things even, like, as I said at the beginning, there you are in a situation, you don't know quite what to do about it. So we would send out, you know, a call <laughs> to whoever you feel it is going to, which says, Give me the right words at the right time, in the right place. We then let go of that thought and just go into the situation, back to my another of my old phrases, full of expectancy but without expectations. I'm sure we'll be full of hope that I hope this goes right, I hope this goes right. Of course. But that's not the same as expecting. That's I don't know how to do this. I'm going to walk each step. There's another old adage. And again, it's about presence. It's about being in the step that you're walking now, not in the step you were, not trying to stay in the same thing, but taking each step and seeing where it lands you and acting appropriately to that instant, that moment, that now. Another thing that is good amongst my old memories and amongst all the people that I'm now working with, is we are all the people. We are all the family. And it doesn't matter what race or gender or anything else we are. We are with each other. We're connected. And that's what makes family. The old word for it in, in the ways I was brought up is Toluith. And that means family. And it's so important to feel connected. Once we feel connected, and I find this happens with clients, that for a while they feel connected to me and that that connection helps them make other connections. 
so that they go on and they're actually able to walk away from me and go on without me. That's really important. And the connection is emotional and empathic. It may have mental strings to it as well. It might be intuitional, quite likely, and it may well be instinctual. I'm sure we all sort of, you suddenly meet somebody or smile at somebody in a cafe even, and you think, oh yeah, that was okay. And somebody else you just don't feel connected to at all, and you don't want to be. That's okay too, you know. So part of it is getting to be able to be emotionally secure enough to be able to connect. We talk a lot about connecting with nature now, and indeed that is just so important. And some of the new work that I'm starting this autumn is about helping people both in in in-person groups and online. But we need to connect with each other as well. And that helps us not have this hierarchical, duty-bound, obligation stuff that most people have in their work. You let the other person be, and in turn, they let you be. You ask questions, you talk. It's connection. And I grew up in this. This is part of what I knew. It got very weird sometimes when I went to school because, of course, I was with loads of people who were not like that. Um, fortunately, I had the support at home and in the village of, yeah, yeah, it's okay, love, just keep going. And this is how you shield yourself, help yourself, keep those kind of nasty vibes off yourself. You know, anybody can do that too. It's quite possible. And it really works. I've been teaching, I've even taught bankers and stockbrokers how to do that in the office. And they come back and go, you know, that really worked. I didn't believe it. So again, that's bringing in the old ways into the new ways. So because I love doing this and I really enjoy people, helping people, helping enable people, and it's really important to me, that's what makes my heart sing. So I am doing what I love doing. I'm loving what I'm doing. And I'm doing what makes my heart sing. And I seem to be helping other people get that too. And that's thrilling. I was with a friend yesterday who went out to the pub for lunch. It was really nice. And she said, you work so hard, Alan. You know, you're always working. And uh, I said, yeah, but, you know, what am I going to do if I stop? You know, I mean, there's only so much reading I want to do and I'm really not into the telly. And I do not do coffee mornings and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. I said, I love what I do. When we're doing what is our passion, that really turns us on. And it's not work in the perhaps more usual sense, which turns out to be drudgery, really, not work. I don't want to stop doing this. It's fun. (laughs) So, and it is all about being connected. It's all about being connected to other humans, to the natural world. And for me, because as I probably say every darn week, you know, I'm married to this ex-particle physicist type. So I really connect to the whole universe too. And I watch things like 
you know, the James Webb telescope stuff at the moment, which is like, wow, wow. You know, you, you are looking back four billion years there or however many billion years it is. And wow, that really does things for me. That really turns me on. Not everybody, but I'm just a space freak, <laughs> maybe. But it is about connecting because I can feel across that. Um, like when I'm in the garden, I connect then, you know, when I'm hands in the earth or doing things at the pond or working with plants, sowing seeds. I'm connecting. When I go for a walk and I'll just go and stand maybe in the middle of an open field, top of a hill, under a tree, wherever, and I just stop and stand and listen and breathe. And I open, I just feel that joy. And this is what I'm hoping I'm going to be able to do now with the monthly wellbeing groups that I'm just going to start in October and with the retreats and hopefully with other things that are going to come up as well. So it's really important, this connection, this stopping, this standing at that threshold for a moment and just being there, just being present. It's not necessarily easy to do that, especially when we've all been brought up in the modern life, which is so fast and we're doing 15 jobs and we've all get pinged on our phone for this, that, and the other thing, and there's a call coming through, and we've got to answer it immediately. And everything is like, run, 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 run. And it reminds me of, I think it's Alice Through the Looking Glass, and she's talking with the Red Queen, and she says, well, I've got to run really fast to get there. So they run really, really, really fast together, and they stop, and Alice says, but, but but we're still in the same place. And the Red Queen says, it's going to take a lot more running than that for you to go anywhere. And it's almost like that. We're all being pushed. Go faster, go faster, go faster, go quicker, go quicker, go quicker. How do we stand still? When do we stand still? We need to stand still. So this is what I'm offering people. Learn to be present, learn to be now, learn to slow down. And you can do all of these things. Really, guys, you can. And I've got a 30-year-old, 30 years of toolbox on my back kind of thing or in my cupboard. There are loads and loads of ways of doing it. It may not be a simple formula. But then, you know, one of my dad phrases again is, life is very simple, but nobody said it was easy. So it's a simple thing to say, stand still, be still. But to actually be still because we don't have the practice is very difficult. To actually stand at that threshold without needing to look back and without needing to look forward, but just to be where we are, takes practice. And that's what I do. It's not always perfect for me. I, sometimes you know, I sort of worry and I think, oh, everybody thinks I live in heaven the whole time, you know, totally in Satori. No, I'm not. I'm not in the barn all the whole time. No way. Life certainly hasn't always been a bed of rose petals for me. 
I've been up Shit Creek without that damn paddle lots of times, and with the crocodiles and alligators snapping all round me. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I've even licked the stamp. And that being there, having been there, is a real enormous help to me. Having been there and done that is a real help because when people come and ask me stuff, I don't talk out of a book. They can feel and sense and connect with and hear the experience in my voice, in my manner, in my whole way. So when bad things happen, never wish them away. I don't wish the bad things away that have happened in my life. I know that they've taught me stuff, that I've learned a terrific amount of stuff. And again, because I can just ask out into the universe or whatever you want to call it, I can sort of say, I'm not getting this. Show me what I'm supposed to be learning from this frightful shit I'm up to my neck in at the moment. And somehow that stops me and it brings me into that present moment again so that I can see what's going on and I can actually see further than, you know, three inches in front of my nose. And that's time for looking forward. I can see out that this is going to give me something, that I'm going to be useful. And it helps because when somebody feels connected with me, they will listen to me and trust me more and try out the weird stuff that I might ask them to do like just go and sit beside a pond or a stream and just be totally still and watch things. Don't even try and stop your brain. Just watch things and think. Don't think. Just feel and look and see and smell and taste. So I've got this stuff that I can give and I want to give it. This is what I was telling my friend who asked me the question at the beginning. How did you get here? Because when you're got the stuff, when you you know how to keep moving forward, you really want to share it with everyone. My ways don't work for everybody, but there are a lot of people that they do work for, and that's what's important. So I'm there, ready for the people who want me. And I'm also quite happy that if they don't want me, I've got friends who do things differently, and I can say, why don't you go and try it with Faye? Why don't you try it with Becca? Why don't you try it with Fiona? Why don't you try it with Kim? Because they all work differently to me. And they're all there for other people. And we are all helping by offering our own ways through. So we never push. We wait until people are ready. And we let go of them when they want to be let go of. And we hold them when they want to be held. One of the things that I totally love about this work and watching happen is that people discover things. They discover what they need. They discover their answer when they're ready to. And in the old ways, as I was brought up, we always say everything, every reality is always there all the time. It's just hidden. It's hidden in plain sight. And I watch people and 
they get one of these aha moments when they, it's suddenly right, they've got the answer that they need at that moment. And they go, oh my God, that was there. That was right in front of me all the time. I just didn't see it. And not being guilty about not seeing it, but starting to realize that they couldn't see it before because there were other things they needed to do before they could, that really helps them out of the stuckness, out of the I don't know what to do. And they're really able to move because they can say, oh, it was okay that I didn't see it until now. I do see it now. Now I can move. And watching them, watching that happen, watching that aha moment in people is total magic to me. It thrills me right through to my bones. And that's what I do. That's why I do what I do. Why I write, why I teach and coach and do podcasts and webinars and videos and speaking and whatever anybody wants me to do. That's why I do it. Because of this glorious thrill as you watch people's faces and they get their aha moment. How would I want to stop? Getting thrilled every day? Yay, I'm all for that. Yeah, I get the bad bits too. I said so. But getting that thrill. And yes, it happens for me now, after a lifetime of doing it, at least once a day. So, being inspired, being inspired by what I do, it's my passion. That's why I do it. So, that's me for this week. And thank you all for listening and looking forward to being with you again next time, next week. And so it's bye for now. See you next week. Well, thank you for joining our weekly sale on Pea Green Boat. Time to stop now. If you'd like to know more, you can meet me at www.ellensentier.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So let's connect. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much to Wahoo Media who produced this podcast for me. See you next week. Bye for now.